Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and on this episode, we want to welcome special guest, the new general manager and head coach for the USPHL Premier's Lake Tahoe Lakers, Chad Olson. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. Uh, definitely listened to a lot of your podcasts over the last couple of months, and uh, I saw you in Vegas, and it's cool to be on the show now. Uh, welcome to the show. I mean, me and you briefly chatted in the last couple days, and weirdly enough, uh, for you listeners, this might not seem weird because you get the podcast when you get the podcast, but this is my first AM recording in Europe in two years. As uh, Chad and I were talking, I said, hey, let's, uh, if you're up for a recording now, and I'm like, it's like 10 a.m. here, which means it's, what, 1 a.m. where you're at? Yeah, 1.15 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> it's now 1.15, and uh yeah, so we're like, yeah, let's just record a podcast. So um, welcome to the show. It's nice to be a night owl and talking to you know the European <laughs> over on the other side of the of the pond. That's I'm I'm up trying to get my Europeans for this year. So I uh, we're grinding away. Definitely just uh, trying to take over uh, Lake Tahoe Lakers and try to turn around the ship a little bit. Last year, obviously, uh, was not a good year for anyone involved in the organization. Um, they made some strides at the end of the year. Uh, they made a couple of coaching changes and brought in a couple of different pe- pieces of the puzzle, and they kind of established what they had left. And the guys that were brought in at the end kind of did the best that they could with what they had, and uh, looking to add on to that now. Yeah, it was a uh, definitely a rough season for the Lake Tahoe Lakers last year. Before we dive a little bit more into the Lake Tahoe Lakers, tell us a little bit about yourself and your hockey life. Uh, so I'm actually coming over from the Seattle Totems, where I was associate head coach and associate general manager after recruiting. Uh, pretty much did 99% of everything that I could uh, with the Seattle Totems. Um, I worked with them for like five years, um, helped turn around the program, worked for Mike Murphy and with Mike Murphy. He's like my second dad still to this day. I love him. Um, worked with him for a long time. and We definitely made that program way better and uh, took it to a higher level higher levels than uh, what a lot of people thought that we could do there. So uh, it's sad to uh, to leave, but it was best for me to to come back home to Tahoe and, and do this. Yeah, it's uh, when you spent that much time with the program, you have those strong connections and you have that, lack of a better word, loyalty feeling to them. But at the end of the day, oh, yeah. you're also looking to promote. And, um, you know, going from an assistant coach to head coach and GM is a promotion. Um, and so... Uh, you know, it gives you a lot more responsibilities. Uh, it gives you a lot more control and uh, a lot more pressure. Yeah, no, for sure. I, the last couple of years, Merce has been really cool and really uh, uh, kind of hands off and allowing me to kind of run the team how I want to do it, obviously with his guidance. Um, but he's done a really good job of allowing me to kind of do it my way uh, and giving me the tools to you know, kind of make this transition not as difficult as over the last couple of years. It's definitely grown a lot and and learned a lot of uh i'm definitely excited for this yeah i can't wait i'm i'm ready to get going right now as we could tell as we're up at 130 you know 120 <laughs> yeah you're definitely uh, a you're shout, definitely- shout out to mike murphy though really quick shout out to mike murphy because i know he's been listening to this uh and he knows i'll be up till you know probably two more hours doing this so he, he already knows what's up uh but i do love that man and he is like my second ball here we are yeah, no, and, and you had mentioned back to Lake Tahoe. So you're originally from Lake Tahoe? No, no. So I uh, I started my coaching career in 2014 there as an assistant coach. I was a 21-year-old kid. 
a guy named Mike Richardson was the head coach and general manager at the time uh, for the team called the Lake Tahoe Blue in the Western States Hockey League. Um, so I was there as assistant coach. Um, it's time to go back. We left. Uh, I left to go build a different team and called the Vancouver Rangers, uh, same ownership group. Uh, so didn't really leave Tahoe on, on the way I wanted to leave Tahoe. Nice to go back home. So I'm I'm originally from California though, so I'll be closer to family, about six hours away, seven hours away. Okay, that's not too shabby. And so this opportunity came up to come home, uh, so to speak, a, a home. Um, I, I'm very familiar with having multiple homes across the world. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, my, yeah. So I'm uh, there, I, I call a lot of places home. I may be born and raised in, in Buffalo, but uh, I'd like to say I have nine homes at this point because I've moved around a lot and. I won't give away my age, but I'm old. And um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, hide hide that. <laughs> yeah, well, I can easily hide that because most people think I'm about 15 to 20 years younger than I am. So, uh, you know, I, I'm blessed with a baby face and uh, I, I'm convinced it's because I, I avoid the sun because of my Irish German blood. I just kind of burn. So um, oh, just, I just there look. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, so you're you're back now in Lake Tahoe and you have the opportunity to step into a role that. Again, it just the, the Lake Tahoe Lakers struggled that last year, and it was it was tough to watch because they had a pretty amazing inaugural season, if I if I recall correctly. And then year right. two was just kind of like I, I want to say almost kind of Lake Tahoe Lakers are like a goalie. They you know they come out with an amazing first season, and then they jumped into their sophomore slump. Um, and yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it it was a rough it was a rough go for Lake Tahoe last year, but I did watch all the games and. Um, yeah, I tell and you honestly, what, I applaud you for watching all of it. You know, because <laughs> some, honestly, like, and it's a, I've told ownership the same thing. Like, uh, it, it was hard to watch. But what you're saying, they do have a passionate fan base. Like, you can see those people even on the hockey TV broadcast yep. when they're down 10 to 2, still 300 people deep in there. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it looks like a great fan base. I've heard a lot of great things about the the local area. Um, I've been to Lake Tahoe, so I can say I've heard a lot of great things. But I've also been there. I've just never been to the rink and maybe that specific community around the rink. But um, I have made it to Tahoe, and the hype lives up. I tell you what, the 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 hype is real about just how beautiful that place is. When you're driving down into like the Reno area, you're just Oh, from Reno, you're like, oh my yeah. goodness, that is one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite drives in the whole entire world. It is. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. And yeah, it's going to be great for kind of like a little bit of a culture shift on the podcast. Oh, a thousand, We've had, percent, um, thousand, thousand percent. And it's going to be great that you can bring it there because it's not like you're coming into Lake Tahoe with no background on Lake Tahoe. It's not just like the next available job. It's, it's a place you've been. It's a place you're passionate about. And uh, it's a place... You want hockey to succeed. Absolutely. There, there's not a single doubt in my mind with the people that are kind of already in place with the Tahoe Prep Academy and kind of the hockey scene that they're trying to cultivate in Tahoe uh, that we could actually do what we're setting out to do, which is to, you know, become a top top program in, in the nation. So uh, that's our goal. There's one of the nicest places to live in the nation with a nice rink with <laughs> great facilities, the training facility that we have there. There's no reason we can't make top tier game in the nation. So that's what my job is to do, I guess. You you said you were in the midst of recruiting right now, which is probably why you're up so late. 
seeking out those European players right now because it's that time of day for us in Europe because we're up and we're, you know, we're we're living our lives. I'm drinking coffee instead of a nice cold beer or wine on this podcast because it's only 10 a.m. or 10.30. I'm not on airport time. I see that you... (laughs) I could. I could. I'm all my wife. You could. (laughs) She would would definitely say something. I have... uh, I am known to, if I know we're going to have a, a specific type of meal at night, and I know it's going to go good with the red wine, I'll open up the red wine early oh, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, and she'll come out and she'll be like, uh, it, it's 9 a.m. I'm like, I know, but I need, I need to let it air. Otherwise, it's just, it's just not going to be as good. And she's like, oh, okay. she's like, yeah, she's like, I thought I needed to send you somewhere. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but Here's the phone number, bud. Yeah, here's a phone yeah. And you know what? For those out there, that that option is available. So definitely, no, if you, if you're a, th- a, th- a thousand percent. I like oh, no kidding aside. Like literally, there is help for people. Straight up. Yeah, and there's so. great help, and we've had people on this podcast do struggle. They're open about it on the podcast, and so they don't drink. And we want to continue to support those avenues. Definitely, if That's you need amazing. any sort of help, yeah, you you should definitely go out there and seek it, and kind of shifting back away from that. Uh, we've got. I don't even know how we got over there, but that's you know that's how it goes when it's one thirty in the morning at ten and ten a.m. on the other side of the world, you know. Yeah, it, just... it goes because serious topics come up. I know we talk about mental health on this podcast. We talk Amen. about things people struggle with. So, um, and I've definitely seen a couple. I follow a bunch of YouTubers, and I know that uh, one of the YouTubers I follow is there out of Abbotsford. And he uh, he does a bunch of Jersey stuff and everything. I think he's that hockey guy. Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure, yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. We uh, yeah. over in Seattle with the Totems, we did a a big mental health awareness month. Um, actually, a uh, former player of mine had some mental health issues, and you know, one thing led to another, and uh, he's no longer with us. And it, it was you know a shocking. It happened right before Christmas, actually at the uh, Las Vegas showcase. Uh, we found out the news like during the game. It was we do love and miss the kids. So back to the actual hockey topic and not you know mental health and alcoholism and all the other stuff that actually do matter yeah. outside of hockey because hockey is just a sport at the end of the day, right? We are all yeah. are are you know human beings. We're allowed to make mistakes, but it's how we recover from our mistakes and what we're able to do with with platforms. So here we are, Tom. It's all right. No. It is all right. It's all right to talk about that stuff, and it's it's all right to. Amen. Yeah, and to reach out. And if you need help, definitely reach out. We'll put some links in the episode description. If you're struggling with uh, any mental health issues or alcoholism issues, you have uh, you have sources out there that uh, you can seek help. Hockey is my distraction in this world. We're in an interesting time, and, and hockey is definitely my passion. So I, I love watching the USPHL West, and uh, now the NCDC's out here. So it's 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 an it's going to be an exciting year of hockey. And you have been busy so far. Are you? If you caught the last episode where we talked about your signings, I haven't uploaded anybody else yet for any team. But uh, we can t- maybe talk about uh, at least the three I have listed. And I, I think you've dropped some names since. But your first signing of the offseason was uh, a player you're very familiar with. Yeah, so uh, Austin Tessie played for, for us in Seattle last year. He's honestly probably one of the only kids from the Totems that were more than likely be coming over to Tahoe. It just makes it a kind of easier transition. Uh, he will be uh, one of my captains for sure. Big role on our, on our team. Uh, he's a great kid, great family. Um, yeah, he was one of my captains last year. Just a hell of a kid, to be honest with you. Hell of a family. Definitely a huge part of the culture change that we're going to have there. 
And that's good. And you need to start from looking for those leadership roles right off the gate when you're looking for a complete culture change. And I know Lake Tahoe, I think a big chunk of their captaincies and stuff were all age outs as it was. And I believe uh, several were traded away at the end of the season to Charlotte. But yeah, having that whole culture shift and, and bringing in kind of just a whole new look building up from there is going to be pretty critical moving forward. And I think Tessie is a great piece to put there. And I, again, for those that listened to the previous podcast, I don't know why I kept thinking Austin played with Pueblo, but he had played with Utah and, and Provo, the Provo Provo, river blades. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I recall when I saw him sign in Seattle, I'm like, Oh, okay. So he's, uh, you know, moved on to a new team. And so this year, uh, you know, following you down there to Lake Tahoe, been watching him now for several years so i'm very familiar with the player and he uh he definitely stood out when he was playing with the mountain division teams um because he went from a i think he started with utah and went to provo but uh yeah and the provo river blades the the previous organization there in provo uh because the the predators are a totally different team new ownership group new everything new look Uh, those other provo those river blades jerseys were ugly and just <laughs> <They're horrendous. laughs> there was nothing i'm sorry and but there was very little redeemable about the Provo river blades organization for their two <laughs> years of existence uh having watched it and uh it just i'm very glad to see that the the head coach there i think it's randall um that went off the yeah, rocks Danny's good no. dude. Yeah, he's, yeah he's a good guy yeah we had we had some good wars with them last year with the coach <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah, definitely. Like it went three games with them in first round. So, no, they're they're good. Honestly, I to uh, them. I, I I enjoyed Danny. I like playing his teams. It's a fun little rival. Yeah, he was able to build a looks like a very good culture there in, in Rock Springs when he took over, um, or not took over, but like that was a new team, and now he's with another new team. Um, as Rock Springs uh, is moved to Casper. Uh, because the Rock Springs organization now has the NCDC program. So welcoming the Casper Roughnecks to the league. Uh, I still, I'm still going to call you guys out for using the name Roughnecks when there's 11 teams in the premiere and you guys like, again, totally rough ridered this there. There's no shortage of other names, but you know, it is what it is. It's two Roughnecks in the USPHO. I know it's a 73 team league or whatever it is now. It's probably down to 60. something. Back in the day in the Western States, there used to be the Bellingham Blazers, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City Blazers. So, I mean, it happens all the time. It, 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 I mean, it's like, come on, like, I, I, it is what it is, right? But yeah, nothing we could do and, about it. No, I'm just gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna, you know, definitely watch all the games. I want to play um, each other I, though, for sure. Yes. Oh, I, I, that's it's necessary at this point. You need the Roughnecks playing the Roughnecks and the broadcasters for both. And I know Bakersfield uh, broadcasting team, they're they're exciting to listen to. So take advantage of that, boys. And then if they're playing in Casper, whoever they end up hiring out there in Casper, you you got to play with that. I mean, even if you, even if they need <laughs> a showcase, if the, if there if there's another Vegas showcase this year, which I will definitely make it to again, it's, it's be pretty easy to have a Vegas showcase and me want to be there because it's Vegas. No, for sure. Yeah, well, it's, and, it's and smart to do it there. The Western States did their uh, their showcase there for years, you know, over December time, and it, it yeah. was always successful. I mean, it's it just makes sense to have it out west. You know, in Vegas, it does. It's easy to get to. It's fun. All the scouts like go on. Like it's it's a good time for sure. Yeah, and the Vegas Golden Knights facilities, as much as I can't stand. Oh, it's so nice. The Golden Knights facilities are amazing. 
their facilities are top tier. Like it's the uh, the first year they were open, we went and played a showcase there. Uh, brand new, right? Like no one had really been in there, and it phenomenal. It the place is spectacular. It's they've done a really good job there. Yeah, and I liked what they're building there with the with within and around the Vegas Golden Knights organization. I think they got. Uh, I think they got the kind of like the Junior Kings and the and the Junior Sharks and everything. I think I believe there's now like a Junior Knights kind of high school league. Oh yeah. Um, and so that's how you grow hockey, and you're going to start seeing a lot of talent come there out of Vegas, and, and having that available now to those players is going to be critical because we even have on this podcast Heath Goldsmith, who's from Henderson, Nevada, where one of the arenas is oh, a lifeguard. Cool. Arena. And, um, yeah. you know, he's played last year with uh, with Long Beach and Fresno. He, I think he had mentioned, yeah, had we had something close to that when I was developing as a goalie, it would have just made him even 10 times better than he is. And, uh, you know, because currently he is uh, Stony Brook. He he committed to Stony Brook. So a fantastic school nice. out there on the East Coast. Congrats, so an excellent goal going to a fantastic school. Um, it's going to be exciting to see him in Stony Brook. That's awesome. That's that's great that he committed and went there. I know I saw when he was in uh, Fresno. We went down there and played Fresno. Uh, he, but honestly, he looks straight up like Jonathan Quick in there with his pads. So I was like, I did a double take during warm-ups. So I was like, who is that kid? It's kind of funny, but no, he's, he's going to look like a good kid. Yeah, he's a big Jonathan Quick fan, too. So huge Jonathan Quick fan. Yeah, I think, uh, he, he, he literally dressed just like him. His past, he <laughs> literally, I literally did a double take on the bench. I was like, who, who is that? But, but anyways, it all goes back to culture, right? Like you said it before, yeah. culture, you, you said it seven times in, during that you know conversation of culture. And so that's what the whole task is, is rebuilding the culture of Tahoe. I, I definitely bring passion. I definitely bring energy. I definitely bring, you know, people are allowed to play, uh, actually play hockey, right? Like there's a bunch of coaches that will scream at you. If you make a mistake, you could ask all my guys. I don't scream at you if you make a mistake. If you keep making the same mistake, yeah. But you're allowed to make mistakes. We fix our mistakes. You're allowed to be a human being. We all have stress. We all have issues. We all have anxiety, mental health. I, I struggle with mental health. I'll be the first one to say it. Like going back to our mental health thing, like straight up, I struggle with it. I'll be the first one to say it. I struggle with anxiety and depression. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Right. And so all my guys know that they're allowed to talk to me about that kind of stuff. First day at camp, we talk about it. We become an actual family and that's how we're able to build a culture. And that's what I truly believe in a family culture. And that's what I'm going to bring to Tahoe. Not a single doubt in my mind. No, that's incredible, and uh, and people should be able to talk about that. I I struggle with it. Everybody on this podcast, literally every single host on this podcast, has struggled with it, and that's the major reason we actually started this podcast. Is you know as we were all struggling with it at different ways, and and the conversations you have before and after the podcast kind of highlights that. Especially, it didn't help. COVID did not help a lot. Of, uh, a lot of people struggling no, with it. It just made it worse. And so being able to escape into hockey was a was a help but yeah people should always be able to talk about that and it's great that you're you're open about it and you know you make sure the players can be open about that as well while building that new culture and uh, we can also look at uh, a couple other players that i'm aware that have already been signed you've also picked up uh, rory gunn who last year was part of the westchester express we want to talk a little bit about yep. rory yeah so he actually played for the tahoe prep academy the uh, prep school uh, we have in tahoe he actually played for them two okay. years ago um, so he wanted to come back home and he's actually already living in Tahoe right now. He's training there full time already. 
Uh, he's ready to go. He's going to actually, I think, have a breakout year. He's a good kid, works hard. And likes to go to the front of the net. The way that we're going to play is put books on the front of the net, throw the front of that, bear down in front, bury. So that's uh, kind of his MO and we're coaching him. No, that's awesome. And then we got a goalie as well. So we got Emil Hellstrom from Ostersund, Sweden. And uh, he's basically spent born and raised, it looks like, in Ostersunds, and he's played all the way up through their J20 program. Let's talk a little bit about Emil. Yeah, so needed, obviously, needs strong goaltending to be successful. You can't do anything without good goalies. Um, so definitely wanted to get a good goalie right away. Um, I've known his agent for a little bit, so kind of just worked out, and he's going to come over. And I got two more goalies. I got, I'm not going to say who they are yet because they haven't officially signed. Um, hopefully next time we talk, we'll be able to be like, oh, that's who you're talking about. And then should be, uh, should be good. But no, he'll, he'll definitely be pushing for that, uh, starting position. Um, definitely could see him maybe even taking it over. So who knows? Um, pretty much I go with the hot hand. So I like to know when you stay, if you, when you stay, if you lose next time it goes like to me, like, uh, I think goalies are should be given a chance and i think everyone deserves to play especially tier three hockey um so for goalies like if you could get hot if you could win 15 in a row yeah why why would i take you out if you're gonna keep winning (laughs) you know it is what it is if i'm just gonna go with the hot the hot hand at the time and so i really think that meal will uh will push whoever uh his counterpart is for sure yeah, and that's what you want from your goalies. You want your goalies to fight for the blue paint uh, as an ex-goalie myself. And we, we talk a lot about goalie stuff on this podcast, and we love featuring the goalies and never shutting up about the goalies and goalie issues. So um, people tend to like – it's super easy. Like if I just wanted to – No, it's always your fault. It's always the goalie's fault. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's always the, actually, it's always the coach's fault. But then it's always the goalie's fault. One more player also recently signed since we did our last uh, podcast, and you want to talk a little bit about Callum Krause. Yeah, so I was over at the Detroit uh, Michigan pre-draft showcase um, okay. two weekends ago, and I okay. identified him there, and he just a grinder. He just chips bucks in, four-checks hard. Like, I always love guys that will four-check. Like, you have to go four-check. The first guy's got to yes. go hard. And when you're four-checking hard in a showcase – and blocking shots when your team's like losing like six to one in a second period like of a showcase that doesn't really matter and you're blocking shots like going down blocking shots and then blocking shot going on a breakaway and going bar down on a breakaway i'm gonna go sign you uh and that's what he did so he's coming <laughs> no i think it's important he's, he's for good, players to hear kid and his family's good yeah no i mean he he works he works so hard in the camp and the showcase and like eight of the kids that I talked to, I only talked to probably 10 kids there, uh, maybe like 12, but eight of the 12 that I talked to were all kids that just worked worked hard, just work hard and have some effort. If you love hockey, you have passion, you work hard, you could be taught everything else. We can't teach you effort, can't teach you passion. I could teach you systems, I could teach you how we want to play, but I cannot teach you how to work hard, I could not teach you effort, I cannot teach you passion. So that's what I look for. Like I could give two crafts about skill. Honestly, like obviously you need some of your skill yeah. guys, but at the end of the day, like I'll have a guy, a, a team full of guys that will go work as hard as they possibly can to the front of the net, block shots, and I guarantee you that team will 
have a better experience than a team of full skill that doesn't work hard. And you want those players on your team. You want that style player on your team. And I think it's uh it's important for players to, to hear and listen to, because I know I talk with a lot of you players and parents throughout the year um, and coaches throughout the year. But uh, I, I always emphasize with players because sometimes they're just on a bad team. The team's just not that good. And they're like, well, I'm not going to get noticed. It's like that is not what gets you noticed. Being on the that championship complete... team. Yes. Yeah. Being on the championship that's team doesn't I mean, get you doesn't noticed. doesn't do anything. Not at nope. all. Not at all. Nope. The kid that's working blocking shots when they're losing 10 nothing with third period left but two minutes left in the game that's a kid you want on your team yeah yeah like honestly i think there was a um he was lake tahoe last year i think noondorfer a player that i mean i definitely it stood out to me last year because again lake tahoe just wasn't having a great season and the effort i'd see him put in um, especially when the team was just being beaten like 10 to 1 10 to 2 and he was still finding a way to prevent goals. It was incredible to watch. I was very impressed with him. And it's it's that style of player that you'd be looking for. A player that's going to put in that extra effort. A player that, uh, like yeah. you just signed a count. He's, so. he's one of the only kids that's, uh, that, that I think is going to really, that I'm really, to be honest with you, really trying to push to come back. Uh, I really would like to have him back. Um, he was at the Michigan Three Draft Showcase also. And uh, it's hard to tell, like in video, I went back when yeah. I took the job, watch, you know, watched. And it's it's hard to tell, especially in hockey TV. And as you know, watch some of the games. It's really hard to even get through some of them. Um, yeah. So it's hard to try to identify, like, who on this team, like, when you're trying to rebuild this culture on who or reload the culture. I don't even like to say rebuild because that that's a terrifying word. It's a reload because we're not trying to take a long time to do this. This is like let's let's load some bullets in the chamber and let's get it happen now. Yeah. But that's he he's definitely a kid that I want back. There's there's some that obviously aren't gonna be coming back and there's a select handful of like three kids from the team last year that we want back. So uh that's not nothing personal to those kids whatsoever. It's just when you're used to you were used to winning three games, that that losing culture is already kinda engraved in those kids, right? And it, it is right. what it is. Like, it's not their fault. It's no one's fault. It's, it was just uh, not a good year for, you know, kind of everyone involved in 23 games. The fact that, you know, they were able to, able to salvage it. There's a guy named Jasper who took over, um, I think, in kind of beginning of January, um, who yep. works with the Tahoe Prep Academy. Uh, Jasper, I mean, he's he's a good dude, man. I mean, to come in and, and essentially save save what they had left, and re, you know, restart building it. Uh, I wouldn't be able to be in a decent position if it weren't for him. So that's a shout out to Jasper right there too. Yeah, and it was a noticeable culture shift. Again, we had Fabian Pizera on. Uh, we've had him on a lot, and he was talking about just coming back from the winter break, coming home from Austria, and, and making it back to Lake Tahoe. And he he just said it was just a noticeable culture shift. The team just played a little, little bit better. I tell you what, I mean. Shifting right back to Nundorfer, uh, I would say check out the uh, Lake Tahoe visiting Fresno series. I believe that's where he really stood out in the effort, like one of the best players on the ice for that series, despite the scores. I would definitely watch back his effort, uh, particularly in that series. But uh, but yeah, a culture shift. Oh, no, not a problem at all. Like you're going to notice the... um, 
the effort by him there. And that's why I believe he was, if I go back to my list here, he made one of our uh, standout players of the month in February uh, for uh, – for his position, if I recall, I'd have to go back to all my all my notes. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Not not a lot of people go after effort, right? Like uh, like a yeah. podcast award like that, right? It's usually like most goals of the month are like nasty, yeah. whatever it may be. But to yeah. go after like someone that works their you know ass off, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between more like fans versus I don't know hockey people because uh, there's a difference yeah. between what fans want and what. Sure. You had what uh, Lucas Ouellette, uh for Utah, the Utah Outliers last year. Not the biggest goal scorer, but he's he's not going to be the one fans are super excited to watch. But hockey coaches, hockey scouts, hockey GMs are going to watch what he does on the um, ice and go, yeah, like he yeah. makes smart plays. He sets that. up, yeah. yeah. And so he's just one of those players that to me stands out. And that's what that's what I look for when I'm awarding players of the month. I'm like, you can easily award like a a Chris Moraldo um, and Jake Meary the players in the month every month if you want to, because they just light stuff up. Another Lexington and all those guys, they can just destroy other teams so quickly with just you gotta their. throw my boy Rain Hodge in there. Come on. You gotta Rain Hodge. Oh, Hodge. Yeah. Hodge. Oh, my. Okay. On, okay. That's my boy. Come on. <laughs> No, definitely. Hodge actually got one of our, I think, awards of the, the year, too. Yeah, because he came in, what, late December with yeah, Seattle? Right oh, yeah. he had some of the sickest like, goals. That Michigan goal was debut, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, he, he tore it up with us. He did a good job. He had he had a lot of fun, and he was able to, to just play hockey and not be so stressed out about trying to do this and trying to do that. I'm like, dude, just go shoot, go shoot the puck and go have fun. And he did, and he, like, when he was on, uh, he was smiling and, you know, chirping a little bit when he was in his own. He was one of the best kids I've coached in a long time. Like, he... Yeah, like his four-goal games? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those goals were nasty. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Like, he, he's a good kid. He'll uh, he'll go do something with hockey. It'll be fun to watch. If uh, he already knows, though, if something happens that he ends up not... Uh, not sticking where he ends up. Here he knows where he's coming. So, okay, we'll see what happens with that. No, and hopefully, best of luck to him back in the the tier two and um, yeah, no, he'll, going he'll from stick up there, he'll he'll do yeah. great. Yeah, he's he's a he's a skilled yeah, forward. He's come a long way. He is a yeah. he is a skilled forward. What with when he's able to figure out, not even figure out, but when he is in it, like when he's in, when he's just playing hockey, uh, he'll 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 play tier one. He'll go do whatever he wants to. He just needs to just play hockey. You see players like that, and like I said, I probably list off another fifteen players that are just that no, lit it up I, this year. All, all, all the kids, you know, all of them are the same way though, right? In that age group, eighteen to twenty, there's so much pressure. There's so much yep. all the social media, all these people looking at their stats, this and that, like just all the surrounding stuff outside of hockey, and put the hockey mix in it. No wonder all the kids are stressed out and. Uh, you know, can't have conversations in public without freaking out, having panic attacks. And, I mean, it, it, there's so much pressure on 16 through 20-year-olds to try to, like, figure out what they want to do with their life when half these people that are telling them what to do have no idea what, even what they're doing. Like, <laughs> hey, like, let these kids be kids and just play hockey. Like, yeah. let them have fun. Hockey's supposed to be fun. It's literally why I coach. I put myself through having anxiety and staying up till three o'clock in the morning doing this and then going 
waking up at seven o'clock tomorrow morning, going to work all day. There's reasons for this. Like I'm, you know, I'm so passionate, so dedicated to this. And I just want these to be able to enjoy the sport that we all love. And we all do this fun. And it's when coaches, you know, you've always heard that phrase of like, oh, this coach made me not love hockey. Like that is the worst thing you could ever possibly hear. Like that, that's sad. Right. Like, yeah. obviously, that's probably, you know, everyone has that coach that's happened to them. And obviously, it's probably there's some coaches, some kids that they've probably with me, too. And that's just the reality of it. But 90 percent of my kids will tell me that or tell you that they fell in love with hockey again. And that, to me, is worth every everything I've done. Yeah, and it's you want to see that you want to develop that passion. That's why I think actually. Junior hockey is awesome because it kind of takes uh, these players that are kind of finishing up their high school career before they choose to go to college or trade school or elsewhere. Um, kind of a couple years to figure themselves out, which I think is pretty critical because uh, your your entire life by the time you're 17, 18 years old is just high, you know school, 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 school. And I personally just never felt like the the brightest student. I did struggle, but I wasn't a A student. I was more like the B student. Um, but that was with a lot of effort, and uh, I just didn't want to go to school. And yeah, by the time I hit 21, I'm like, I was actually kind of excited to start college courses and no, make exactly. new friends, and yeah, and, and figure out who I was. Now I figured out, okay, this is what I want to do. Did I change that? Yeah, three more times. But I thought at that point, no, I want to become this. So I'm going to start going to school for that. And uh, you figure out, you know, yourself along the way, and eventually got my degree in sports management because that's what. I was most passionate about because I obviously I have a hockey podcast. I love I love thinking and talking about sports and I want you know I've had the opportunity to work with uh, organizations and for me I just sport is my happy place. But uh, I followed a couple other kind of passions because I also love woodworking and building things with my hands and that's you know people just got to find whether whether it is college because college isn't right for everybody. It could be a trade school. It could just be working it could be you know you only get one life so follow the route that's best for you that's gonna help follow you and if you passion. don't yeah period Amen. that's period. and you don't have yeah, to monetize your passion, i love that follow. yeah period boom that, yep. that is yeah period boom yeah fire yeah i think that's what the best programs in junior hockey do is they're not so much which they that their main goal is to develop the hockey player but the other very strong main goal, if you're going to go 51 to 49 percent right there, is to develop the person because you're, they're there to develop as a hockey player to have a great experience and, you know, try to be pushed on to the next level. But at the end of the day, a very, 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 very small percentage of players ever go pro. And so you're developing the person and a person that's going to want to play like adult league in the future if, they, if they're not going to go pro and, and beer league. Uh, they're going to want to be able to still be around hockey. They want to coach hockey. Like, yeah, I can't really play hockey anymore, but I would love to be an equipment manager. I would love to be a coach. I would love to be a sports physiotherapist. And you see a lot of those passions coming out. We had a goalie on a couple years ago from the Carlton Place Canadians, Bradley Mitchell. And so at the time, he was working with the Ottawa Senators and just kind of as equipment manager, kind of, I don't know if he was the away team room or he worked with i don't but you know he'd work on both sides and he also as a goalie ended up 
being the guy where they're like, hey, we're the team's traveling. We need a goalie for our, our injured players to shoot on. So he would just put his pads oh, on. And cool. I'm like, so yeah, I'm like, wait, so you're playing junior hockey. He's like, yeah. And you work at my favorite store ever, Pure Hockey. He's like, yep. And you're with the Senators as their equipment guys. Again, like, yeah, I love it. I really want to become an equipment manager. I want to go up and get NHL players to shoot on you. He's like, yeah, when they're hurt, I just stay behind and I'm their goalie. I'm like, I'm jealous, man. <laughs> like, yeah, literally jealous. So jealous. That sounds like the dream. It, it does. And so, and you know, but his passion was like, yeah, well, he's like, I actually love the equipment manager role. And that's an awesome role because you're maintaining all that equipment and uh, you get to be there through everything and you get to know the player's preferences. You know exactly what their cuts are, their blades, all that stuff. And you know how to fix all that stuff very quickly and, and build a little pyramid of pucks that they get to knock over when they jump on the ice. And so <laughs> it's you, you find your passion out there, whether it's within or outside of hockey. And I think that's uh, that's the key aspect. But um, any anything you want to say to kind of maybe future players that are looking at, you know, entering a tier three program, whether they're in Europe, the United States or Canada, about what the Lake Tahoe Lakers would be able to kind of provide them? Uh, definitely just a place where you would want to come and know that you're going to have fun. Right. That's that would be the obviously the number one thing. Like there's no reason to do stuff that you're not having fun. Obviously, you're going to work hard. You're going to work as hard as you have worked. But at the end of the day, we want to have fun because if we're not, if we're doing it, it's not going to be fun. Why are we even doing it? Hockey's supposed to be fun. Like I've already talked about, you're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to be a human being. Like we grow together as, as people. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No one, no one here is perfect, right? We're all human beings. We all make mistakes on an everyday basis. It's just how you recover from those mistakes and what you do with that, you know, with your time after that mistake. Like how is one of the most beautiful places in the world and, uh, stay tuned because it's going to be a shakeup. I'm excited to see what uh, what you end up doing there in Lake Tahoe and rebuilding a a winning team there. It's it's going to be exciting because it was it was rough last year and there's a few teams out there listening. You had rough years. Hopefully it all gets better. And any of the players out there, just just what he just what the coach said here. If you're on a bad team or a great team, being on a great team doesn't guarantee you eyes on. Being on a bad time doesn't guarantee no one's watching you. How you play when your team is up, if you're destroying a team, is important. How you play when your team is being destroyed is important. How you play when your team's in overtime and it's a championship game is important. How your All body language is when you're not called five shifts in a row. Are you turning yes. around looking at your coach with your puppy dog guys? Like, you really think that makes me want to tell you to go play? Like, don't look at me. I'm like, turn around. You don't need to look at me. Like, I'm going to call you. Like, Staring at me is not going to make me want to play you. It's going to make me not want to play you. Honestly, like the, yeah, I had a couple of kids on on younger kids, right? It's like a youth hockey thing where you know, in junior hockey, not every kid plays the same amount, right? It's just it, it is what it is. It's it's not youth hockey anymore, and so it's always nice to see when them grow out of that phase. And then when the new kids start doing it, it's like the same kids that were doing it. It's like yo, hey, you tell them to stop. Yeah. That's 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 a big thing for me is body language. It's it's massive because body language you already if you're t- saying negative things in your head, then your body language is going to be awful. So then if your body language is awful, then you're already going nuts in your head. So then it's already a cluster. So then you might as well not even play. Because what yep. why, like why would you go? How 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 could you go perform if you're not thinking clearly or if you're not reacting clearly? You can't. Yep. It's possible. So just go play hockey. You don't even have to think about anything. Just go play. 
all these play hockey. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's just play hockey, have fun, be passionate, give some effort, do it with some love, right? Everything's going to be okay. That's how I yeah. roll, at least. I, who knows if it's all actually going to be okay at the end of the day. I guess we'll find out at the end of this year. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of coaches and GMs we've had on the, this podcast have mentioned that. And uh, I think back to uh, Nick Dreyer, who we'll have back on here very shortly, the um, head coach and GM of the NCDC's Provo Predators. And what he said last year as well is like, I'm not looking for the top goal scorers. I'm looking for the players that have the character I want in my organization. I'm, I'm building a culture here uh, because same thing. He went into Provo, uh, like I said, the, the previous team was not operated i think from the top down well and it was they needed a whole culture shift especially even for the fan base there because it just wasn't a team people were willing to spend money to go out and watch and uh the predators were able to sell out a couple games this season and and fill that arena and they had a culture shift uh nick instilled a great culture there picked players he felt would be the best for his organization ended up drafting some excellent players during their first ever ncdc draft we're going to be excited to have him back on. And I think that's exactly what you said is you're looking for the the right players because I do watch every game and you see players. I, I love focusing on the goalies, but I definitely notice it with all players. When you see certain body language, I'm like, yeah, just get them off the ice, off the ice. Yeah. Um, I'm not like when, when a player is throwing a fit about something because they didn't get the pass when they felt like they were open and you start hearing the beaver tail. It's just relax. Yeah, you, you, like, you, you can literally see it on the on the broadcast. You're like, what yeah. is going on? Yeah. It's Honestly, they're they're all a bunch of prima donnas at the end of the day, to be real with you. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean honestly, I mean, straight up. If, if, uh, if we're being real, like I'm, I'm 10 years older than most of them, right? And it's yeah. – uh, the generation gap is nuts. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Like it's that that culture is crazy, man. They're, them kids now are, are wild. Like I could see how people thought. Like my generation, and I'm straight a millennial, right? Like, I'm born yeah. in '93, so uh, I could see like how the generation ten years above me are like, wow, these millennials are crazy. I could see, yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. The kids below us are crazy. So. I can only imagine what the next generation is going to be after that. So. <laughs> Watch out. Here comes Generation Alpha. They're coming. <laughs> I literally, literally Generation Alpha. That's hilarious. Uh, it's important to keep your mind on the prize when, when you're playing junior hockey and know that even if your team's being beat 14 to 1, that's actually when scouts might be paying the most attention. They they want to see what you got in the tank on both sides. Well, it happens to everyone. You're gonna you're gonna win mm-hmm. by big and you're gonna lose by a lot. Like it, it yes. just happens. That's life though. That's literally life yeah. too. So it, it literally all comes back to how you handle that adversity, whether it's good adversity or bad adversity, whatever it may be, it's how you handle it. Same thing with mistakes, right? It all goes back to the same same thing. If you could catch my drift of how I of how I am, right? So that yeah that's that's kind of how we're gonna try to model tahoe i'm excited and i'm excited for you to to watch no we're gonna be excited to watch a big mountain to climb it's one step in front of the other like it's not gonna happen overnight it's definitely a a beast of a mountain to climb up but uh with the support system that's already in place there and uh with a couple of guys that are already coming and having a leadership group and so on and so forth and i gotta give a shout out to my girlfriend because she's gonna be moving down there with me too so uh, that's part of my support group, so I couldn't do it without her. So I'm excited to get going, and I do uh, do want to say thank you again for having me on the show.
at you know two two or three o'clock in the morning, Western you know Pacific time over here, Washington time still. <laughs> well, for, for me, it's only eleven o'clock in the morning. It's not even yeah, lunch. I was gonna say you're you're. <laughs> well, it's, it's a little flip side now. Now now yeah, it is. we get to see how you feel every podcast. Yeah, this I like this. I appreciate you, you know, being up here at two o'clock in the morning and willing to jump on a podcast. Uh, no prepared questions, no prep time. Just get the get the headset out of the car and let's jump on. So yeah, um, literally, let me take my dog out, let him go to the bathroom real quick, and get after. It, and that's literally what we did. And uh, yeah, that's oh yeah. No, thank you for uh, for doing this, man. This was fun. No, no, thanks for jumping on. And, you know, we do want to thank all of you listeners also for tuning in. So be sure to reach out if you're in junior or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also make sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. We again want to thank our special guest, the GM head coach for the USPHL premieres, Lake Tahoe Lakers, Chad Olson, for jumping on. Well, thank you very much, man. And you have a lovely night. You too. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.